and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hi, and Merry Christmas. We are back in the middle of the Christmas festive season for another episode of TV My Husband Hates. How's it going, Regan? It's going good. Uh, We're in the, what the, like the, what do we call it? This bit in between Christmas and The Christmas bunch. It's like the bit between the bum and the balls that nobody knows what to do with. (laughs) We don't. Like I I took the kids yesterday to give my husband some time alone. I just took them out and like did stuff with them. He's got them swimming today so I could do the podcast without my almost four-year-old bursting in every five minutes. So... Yeah, we're just trying to wear out the kids. I mean, the good thing is my husband is off, so I've definitely had more help. But uh, it's been harder to watch the shows as we we chatted through on the minisodes. So, yeah, at least there was yeah, only so two you, this week. Well, that's it. And if you haven't already, then the minisode for the Real Housewives of Orange County is coming out this week as well. So make sure that you get your ear chops around that. We only have two shows to do this week, so it's going to be short and sweet. It's also going to be short and sweet because my husband is pissed right now we need to get a move on (laughs) i've left him with the kids and it is late and uh so yes um i'm not gonna rush through it i'm gonna give it my full time and energy but thank god we only have two to talk about there you go so uh, we'll start out with the real housewives of atlanta which i affectionately call the engagement episode i know and bless cynthia thirsty thirsty cynthia gets her cool drink of water finally (laughs) I love this whole buildup. Like, I love Cynthia. I think Cynthia is very true to who she is. And she wanted to marry this man and she was not afraid to say it. And I, I respect that. Like, this was a woman who was like, I'm never getting married again. I'm just going to have fun. And this amazing guy you know, kind of fell into her lap and it's worked out for her. I love yeah, him, by the way. I think Mike too. Hill is lovely. I do too. And I also, I think you get to a certain age, she's 50 now, you get to a certain age where there's no fucking around. You meet a nice guy, you, you've you been through you've been through it a few times, you know what's good and what's not, what's working and what isn't working. And she's like, no, this is good. Let's just get get down and get going. And he does, and, a lo- and I thought it was a really sweet proposal. I loved that he got the kids involved. Um, he did it in front of all of her friends. I think any girl wants to feel like there is thought and time and effort put into a proposal. And whether it was the perfect proposal or not, it was really clear that he'd put thought and time and effort into it. Absolutely. We did a poll about what do you think about the proposal and 35% loved it and 65% thought it could be better. I was one of those who thought it could be better because I kind of, I didn't think it should be done at her event. Like, yeah, it, it was just a little bit like she was there in a professional kind of role. And so I think for her, it seemed a little, I mean, obviously this is something she's wanted. So I'm not saying like she didn't like her proposal. Like I thought he put a lot of thought into it. I love that he included all of the girls and picking up the ring and he made that like puzzle mirror. Like I'm not saying he didn't put in the effort. I just think maybe the timing. surroundings weren't, the timing wasn't super perfect. And maybe that's what other people thought too. But I, I don't, I don't doubt the love between them. I don't doubt his intent and I don't doubt any of that. Like, I think 
as proposals go, all of that was there. I mean, it was better than doing it on a boat with like Kate interrupting to serve oh, a meal. So oh, God, yeah. that, that was better. But <laughs> um, no, but of course, of course, it wasn't all smooth sailing because we had Kenya. I'm going to fuck everything up for everybody else who's happy. Uh, really screw <sighs> up and decide to drop the bomb. When it was really clear, like, obviously, there'd been a, a pre-sort of conversation with Candy on text where she'd been like, I think he's going to do it tonight. He's right. asked me to stay. Like, at that point, you just shut the fuck up and let it happen. Kenya Moore pissed me the fuck off with that because she won, like, she's playing it like, oh, no, I just had a feeling. Like, that's entirely fucking bullshit. Candy texted you, told you that that's what she felt was going on, and you fucking opened your mouth because you couldn't stand somebody else having the spotlight or having a good day. And this is your really good friend. Like, you should just shut the fuck up. I think this all stems from her misery in her own relationship right now. And the the thought that somebody's going to get the fairy tale that she's not currently living is just too fucking much for her to handle. And frankly, um, and, and I, I was with Candy. I thought it was despicable. Like, if she'd not had that conversation with Candy and she'd just sort of said it as a true gut instinct... That would have been one thing. Like, right. That would have been different. But that's not the case. She knew it was going to happen. Candy knew it was going to happen. She decided to piss on her chips. And that pisses me off because Cynthia, you know, is just kind of a nice girl and just deserves a great time and a good proposal. Always. And has always been there for Kenya. Yeah. Like, been there for Kenya through all of the crazy dudes and has stood up for her and done all this stuff for her. Like I'm, I'm super not happy. And everybody, we, uh, we put this up on our stories and asked for your thoughts. And, uh, I, Chloe Elizabeth 84 said it felt very peculiar. It felt a bit set up. Um, and I think I'd agree with you if Kenya just wasn't such an attention whore. Yeah. Um, because I think she just wanted the attention and didn't really give a shit that it was about somebody else, and she wanted that kind of pisses she me wanted off. To, I think she's a bad friend. She wanted to sabotage somebody else's happy ending because she's currently not living hers, and that was just and that and Candy saw straight through it, and it was and it pissed her off, and it pissed me off, and I've no doubt it pissed our listeners off too, and it's just another example of Kenya being a bit of a child and just really struggling to be happy for anybody else. Absolutely. I mean, we all know she's dealing with her own stuff, but I think when it comes to your friends and like their happiness, sometimes you put your stuff aside and you are, you show up for your friend and i she didn't do that. And that makes me mad. No. And I think we got much more of, um, uh, an insight into her and Mark's relationship in this episode as well, because of course they went on the triple date with her, and Mark, obviously, Cynthia the and most, Mike and Candy and Todd. The most awkward triple date I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it was painful. Even in like, the- it was an awkward car. Go on, I was going <laughs> to say, even in the car. Even in the car ride. Yeah. <laughs> with, with the Tesla and the self-driving feature and all this, like, crazy stuff. Like, they, they are just not in a good place. And they're just bickering. And I don't understand it. Like... Out of all three of those couples, like Candy and Todd have been together the longest. They should have been the one like 
I don't know, being Barbie or whatever, but like they were perfectly happy. Obviously Mike and Cynthia are over the moon because they've just gotten engaged. And like the couple in the middle, like they were fighting like an old, like they'd been together for 20 years. Well, it's like they always have to, it's one-upmanship, right? Mark always has to be right about something. Kenya always has to be right about, and also can you, like they're doing this thing where they're basing a relationship on telepathy. And let me tell you that never fucking works. Like Kenya's like, I want this from Mark. I want Mark to be this. I wanted my proposal to be like this. This is how I see my life living it. But she's not saying this to Mark and and it, he's not doing it and she's pissed at him. And I actually, right. I got a little bit more of an insight into Mark. I still think he's pretty misogynistic and controlling. Um, but I do think she's incredibly, incredibly difficult. And um, yeah. And I, I mean, I didn't like either of them, but I, I hated him a little bit less. I, I, they sort of evened themselves out a little bit for me. And I frankly thought they were probably both as bad as each other. Yeah. I mean, I think for what I wrote down is that I feel like this just boils down to they're kind of two people that shouldn't be together. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote down like Mark's proposal was like, look who's official now. So he told her they were engaged versus asking her if she wanted to be his wife, which I found odd gross but then she was also like well the wedding was romantic it was second to winning miss usa and i think candy made a good point like what about the birth of your daughter like where does brooklyn fall into that like best parts of your life yeah i mean i i made a note about that because i would definitely say that my kids are one of the best parts of my life obviously but the day that they were born i'm not necessarily sure i would you know strike up as one of the best days of my life but as right (laughs) my kids as a concept Great. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> One of the best things in my life, hands down. Um, the day I hoofed her out and spent 38 hours doing it, not not so great. Uh, so on that, yeah, yeah. if we're talking about specific days, then I can right. sort of get on board with Kenya about that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, Wedding and Miss USA, I mean, it, it just was a jab. They're always jabbing at each other. It's like, you know, can you not just have the confidence to say this is what I want, have the security say this is what I want, this is what I need, and not just kind of dance around the issue, trying to kind of one-up each other all the time. Well, and what I felt was interesting about her even saying that was like, so the best thing in your life was something that you did on your own and was all about you. Like, that's telling about who you are. Like, I like she's a self-made woman. She's done all this stuff. I think that's great, and I'm not, like, dogging her out or that her best day needs to be about somebody else. But I think it's very... I think what we, we've we seen Kenya. Like, we've seen Kenya for all of these seasons. Even just what she did in this episode was all about herself. Yeah. It wasn't about, you know, other people. And I think when you maybe have two people in a relationship who are kind of all about themselves, it's not going to work because marriage is, is a give and take. You, you have to think of the other person. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I think as well, you know, she's a bit, a little like, um, Vicky Gumbelson over in the OC. She's trying to be this person that she's not. She's trying to be this wife, this mother, this homemaker, Susie homemaker. And it's just, and it's just not her and it's jarring. And, you know, she'll say things like, I think she said, I don't like to fight. I mean, I think those words actually came out of yeah. her mouth. And Kenya's God-given reason for getting up every fucking morning is to have a fight. <laughs> so I was yeah. really, you know, I, I, again, it feels very precarious. That relationship feels very volatile. And I am glad as hell that it wasn't me sitting at that table with Kenya and Mark because that was awkward as fuck. 
Oh, it was such an awkward dinner. I felt bad for the other couples. Like, you guys didn't even need to be here. Like, why don't you guys go to a different restaurant and have an actual nice meal and let these two fight about it? Because I think, you know, Candy was right. Like, when Mark started making those comments about Nini's always been nice to me, so I don't have a problem with her. And she's like, dude, she's not nice to your wife, and you need to have your wife's back. Like, that's a partnership. And I think we're talking about two individuals who don't know how to be in a partnership with each other. Yeah, and I had a problem with Mark on that level as well. He was like, I feel like Nini really showed me respect by introducing me to her husband. As if, like, him being able to meet, connect, have a conversation with Nini by herself without being introduced to her husband was disrespectful. And I thought, you know what, this is so old school. This is too much for me. And that's a side of Mark that I'll never get on board with. And and frankly, I'm just surprised that Kenya, that that hasn't put Kenya off. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm surprised this didn't come up before they got married. Like I feel all of these issues, I mean, Mark is Mark. I don't think he's playing for the camera. I don't think he's pretending to be something he's not. So for me, I feel like this was probably how it was when you guys were dating. Did you, did Kenya really stop and think about it? Or was she so overwhelmed by just like, this could be like what she's searching for that she just jumped in and didn't pay attention. I think that's exactly Um, what happened. Which which I understand. Yeah. But it's just not good. Um, I think Kenya's toasts at that dinner were super pointed about everybody else's friendship and their teamwork. But I think she's just as bad as he is. I I just think they're as bad as each other. And, you know, maybe Mark would be, maybe Kenya could introduce Mark to more of her people if he had agreed to be on camera. Yeah. Like there's not a lot, like if you don't, if you won't be part of this show, then how is Kenya supposed to make sure that like, she's being respectful of your relationships with everybody else when you're not participating. Yeah, no, I agree. And I I just think it's not going to end well because I don't think either of them are really in a position. I I don't think Mark strikes me as the kind of movable type. I think he's like, this is me. This is who I am. This is who I'm always going to be, deal with it or get off the fucking train. And I don't think Kenya's in in an emotional place to even begin to kind of recognize her own role in the breakdown of this marriage or the breakdown of this relationship. I think she thinks it's all Mark's fault. Um, and right. and I think uh, it's not, I don't think it's going to end well. And it's a shame because there's kids involved, but it doesn't feel good. No. I mean, I think Cynthia makes a really good point where Mark is really strong and Kenya is a very big personality yeah. and that's not going to work. Somebody has to bend and preferably both of them bend at different times to allow each other to be who they are. That's again what marriage is all about. So Don't we know <laughs> without it. that, you're not going to have it. Real quickly, um, I want to bring up Nini's apology letter. Oh yeah, or Nini's letter to Cynthia and her gift of cheese and crackers. Um, uh, we put up a poll about what did you think about Nini's card to Cynthia. Thirty five percent of you loved it. Sixty five percent of you felt it was contrived. Um, I, I was one that felt that it was contrived. I don't necessarily know it was done out of love or kindness. I think if she had sent the letter to her house and not been on camera, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there are better ways that she could have conveyed that sentiment versus having Marlo bust in with some snack trays. It was completely contrived. She could have just fucking picked up the the phone and called Cynthia and said, let's meet. I want to sort this out. It's not what she did. She did it for the show. It was done for the cameras. 
Um, Cynthia seems to have taken it quite to heart. I hope that she sees through what's going on. I mean, really, everything Nini does is pretty contrived. Once again, she was absent from the episode. Right. Shit will get off the pot. We're so bored. I couldn't give a shit who recorded Cynthia, although I do think it's Giovanna. Um, no. And really... Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And, and I'm caring less and less about Nini as well. So, like... Yeah, that's how I feel about that particular situation. I loved Portia's comments about it, though, like the grand gesture of cheese and crackers. Yeah. It's snack time, everyone. <laughs> I still fucking love Portia. She's so amazing. Every week that goes on, I love her more and more. Um, I'm still pretty disappointed that she's giving Dennis another go. But obviously, I understand with with Pilar, she wants to keep the family together. You know, I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he is. I don't like the way he talks about her snatching back. I don't like the way he always kind of lasciviously looks over her and basically just always tries to get a shag in somewhere. The whole (laughs) thing just offends me. And I just think she can do better. Yeah, I think he is just terminally immature. I don't see him growing up. I think the way he acts with her is the way like a 16-year-old boy acts with like a new toy. And I I think she deserves more respect than that. I think he just, I think he needs to grow up a bit. And I think until he does, it, it's always going to be that way. Now, you know, we, we talked about Portia and Dennis, you know, getting back together, I think last week. And like, again, while we both understand it, it's, I, I want her to have somebody like Mike Hill who yeah. celebrates and appreciates more than just the way she looks like all of her badassness, you know, her career, what she's been through. I think she deserves a lot of respect for all of that. And I don't think he's the one that's going to give it to her. No, I agree. Um, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, I mean, God, women do lots of things to kind of keep their families together as do guys in this instance. It happens to be Portia. I think she's sacrificing too much, but we'll see. Maybe he'll surprise us all. Who knows? Maybe he'll be part of the reunion and we'll get to see that play out. Maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, yeah. And then the other thing that I wanted to touch on we've, is Candy and Todd. I thought there was a really interesting discussion this season, uh, this episode, sorry, about their dynamic and the things that they struggle with. Also really interesting to see how they kind of communicate compared to, say, Kenya and Mark. But obviously, right. you know, they're more solid, they're together, it is what it is. But I thought it was really, really interesting um, that Todd is obviously initially certainly struggled with being not the breadwinner and certainly not on the same level that Candy was. Well, and honestly, how could he? I mean, everybody was talking shit about the fact that he was an opportunist and that he was only with her for her money. And I mean, I think, you know, a lot of his insecurities come from a place because a lot of people were talking shit. I mean, especially her mom was talking a lot of shit about why Todd was with her, which was, I think, very damaging to, like, his self-esteem because, honestly, he just loves Candy. I mean, I I can confidently say Todd loves Candy, and Candy loves Todd, and I don't think there's a monetary aspect to like their relation they're not together no, he didn't for the marry money. her for candy her doesn't need to be with anybody for the money he didn't either he you know he had his own career yeah. <laughs> and um but i do think that's filtered into the relationship a little bit where i think todd really feels like he needs to make a lot of money so that people will stop looking at him that way well also i think culturally it's a big thing as well because certainly we see it with all of with with all of the other wives and excluding maybe nini and greg but you know, it's the husbands that are all the ones making the money. And so I think that shift for Todd, that kind of the 
turn in that dynamic is something he finds quite hard to deal with and probably feels quite judged or, you know, like being the kept guy or not being manly enough and, you know, a a hit on his masculinity. So, but I, I, you know, I think Candy has a point, you know, he needs... We don't know the ins and outs of it. Maybe he's got the whole thing under control. Right. But it was interesting that they could communicate in a way that felt, yes, tense, but also fairly healthy. Well, and I thought it was an interesting point where she makes, like, their business life has kind of taken over their personal life. I do some work with my husband, and that's something that we've really struggled with, that because we do work together on a few projects, that it does sometimes spill over. And that's what we talk about when he comes home from work. And for me, it's like, well, this is the only time I can actually like get you and we can chat about this. And then for him, he's like, but I'm off work. I don't want to talk about work. And and it's something we really struggle with and like really try to keep out of our personal lives and try to do date nights where we don't discuss anything going on with the project. It's a hard balance yeah. when you work with a spouse or have your spouse edit a podcast (laughs) that speaks nothing to what they like. (laughs) Um, I mean, also, just before we move on, though, uh, I I have to give props for the Ole G uh, name of the restaurant for the Mexican. Oh, my God. I mean, to go from Old Lady G to... It's just so good. And, like, if that's not a success, then uh, I don't know anything about business. But Ole G is such a great name based on the, the previous franchise that I just wanted to give them a little shout out and a round of applause. Ab- absolutely. It totally reminded me though, we drive to Oklahoma a lot to see my family and there, and we stop at like this Chick-fil-A in Kansas somewhere and it's in front of a mall and there's an Irish pub Mexican restaurant. Uh-huh, that's a and very I think common it's combination. Called, like, I think it's called like O'Malley Rodriguez's or something <laughs> like that. And it's the most ridiculous name ever, but we laugh about it every time. <laughs> and then, like, I, I like Ole G. I think it's cute. I think it's funny. But in a way, it, it reminds me of the Irish pub that serves Mexican food in yeah, Kansas. It is, I know. It is genius. It is genius. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah. you know, I think that's more or less it. We could bang on about the Marlo Nini thing and her crying when Cynthia accuses her. But as we've established, we could really care less about that. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I think Marlo and Cynthia are friends. Like, I didn't feel Cynthia was being fake, or I don't, I don't feel like Marlo was being fake in that moment. Perhaps a little dramatic. I don't think she's the one recorded. Fake. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, not fake. I mean, she's Marlo. Like, <laughs> she wasn't just going to sit there and have a normal conversation. Yeah, but um, I, I don't think she recorded her. And again, I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, let's. I don't care. We can move on. I, I, I'm not. I'm not putting it past Nini to just make up that somebody recorded just to start some shit. No, I agree. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I, I agree. Just from the sidelines, just throw a bomb in and walk away. Um, yeah. So let's move on to Below Deck, where we are obviously once again still in Thailand. Uh, and again, we've got this recurring issue of Riley butting heads with the boys on the deck. So I think this argument is a little bit different. And because normally I'm I'm team Riley 100%. I don't like the way they talk about the issue, but I think if the issue is that these particular like I I again, I'm not a sailor, Oops. I'm not a boater, I'm not a yachty. I don't know a fuck about I don't know fuck about knots other than to tie my shoes. But if there is a particular <laughs> knot that is more safe on a boat, then I kind of feel like it's fine for Ashton to ask for those boat for those knots to be used. Like, I feel like that is a legit yeah. work thing. He a hundred percent does not handle it the right way. 
Um, but I also think like they can't have a normal conversation anymore. Yeah. Like I actually think in that conversation, he was being okay at first and she really was like taking it the wrong way. But I think that's based on like their past history. Like yeah. I don't think they can have a professional work environment, but we put it out to you guys and 57% of you guys stood with Ashton. 43% of you guys were on Riley's side about not Gates. I, I think he's probably a bit sensitive to like, the issue that happened last season with him, like being, you know, thrown off the boat and it needs to be a knot that can be untied quickly. So for me, I was kind of on his side about the actual knots, not the way he, he handled it. On about I think it. you're right. I think the damage is done in that relationship. And I think it doesn't really yeah. matter what the issue is. Riley's always going to be uber sensitive and defensive to the way that he approaches that thing. And he's always going to approach it differently with Riley than he does with Tanner or with Brian. And, and, Right. That that's just the nature of the beast. I agree. I think the knots are the knots, and he sat them both down to do it. Sat Tana and Riley down. I kind of read it a little differently. I felt like she was going, "Is that it? Like I've done it. Is that it? Like check it." And he kind of immediately yeah. flared up. I don't like. It could have right. been that she did it with attitude. I'm not sure. She probably did it, Riley. Um, but I do think the way that he proceeded then to speak to her, to tell her to be quiet and to right. shut, like, I just thought was, was gross. Was gross. Yeah. And, and he is still at the end of the day, the boss. And even if you have an employee that's being really, really difficult, that's not how you handle it. Um, so, no. so yes, I'm with you. The knots, she should be able to hear that kind of constructive criticism and take some training on board if it's needed. Um, but I wonder if just the way he's spoken to her for so long has done so much damage that it's just an impossible kind of bridge to gap, gap to bridge. Yeah. You know, I th- whatever. Which I think around. Kate had it right um, because she like goes back in the room and talks to Kate about it. And Kate's like, well, as long as things are safe, it should be fine. But Riley needs to learn how to take direction. Yeah, I wrote the same thing. And I, I would agree with that. I would agree with Kate's assessment because, I mean, she also has issues with Ashton. And I think sometimes, like, regardless of the issues you have with your boss, you sometimes just have to, get like, get over it and get on with the job. But as her boss, he also needs to get over it and do his job. Yeah. And also he needs to not get <laughs> emotional. Yeah, he needs to not get emotional about it. You can't bring that kind of emotion. It's like being the parent in a parent-child relationship. You know, the, the child can shout right. and scream and have a tantrum. But if... Y- you're the parent. You don't get to do that back. It's the same with being the boss. So he needs to really mature into right. this role. And I think there are certain, th- I think this is what he's struggling with in the new role as bosun. But, um, you know, it, it clearly, I don't know whether it affects his need to get absolutely fucking shit faced that night, the night after, Jesus. um, into a point where all joking aside, he's a danger to himself at that point. Like, he is punching glass. Like, he, he could have put his hand through that window yeah. and then his boating, it would have been over for him. Um, not to mention the right. fact that Kate's stuck in a small... And don't get me wrong, Kate's a fucking bitch sometimes. And she winds people up and she's superior and arrogant and all of those things. But you don't go after somebody like the way that Ashton went after Kate. No, we put up um, a sticker kind of asking people's thoughts on this altercation. And um, 
Pamela Gordon, that's her name on Instagram, called him childish. Golden Lofty said Kevin was really enjoying the fight, but Kate shouldn't have to put up with that shit. Chloe Elizabeth 84 said, I dread to think about what would have happened if Kevin wasn't there to help. And Kevin is shit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Um, Kevin, the fact that Kevin's reveling in this whole drama just makes me hate him even more. I mean, I'm glad he was there to hold him back, but... But it's just not okay. And there's never a point where anybody is calling out this shitty behavior that the boys are exhibiting. And don't get me wrong. I agree. Like Kate's behavior also has been pretty fucking terrible. But in this instance, I really don't think that she was winding him up. And even if there's like an in-joke behind the scenes that we don't know about, it didn't warrant that kind of reaction. No, and I mean, Ashton was kind of making his own point afterwards. Like, you don't understand the inside jokes. And she's like, no, all I was asking was literally how how your mom is. Like, it wasn't like a your mom joke or anything like that. Like, we <laughs> were talking about Tanner's mom. I didn't realize it was a joke. I just asked how your mom was doing and you fucking lost your shit and went fucking ballistic. And I mean, let's be honest. If Ashton was coming at me like that, I'd be fucking scared. He's a big guy. I would be really fucking scared. He's a big guy. That he would hit me yeah. or do something. He's a huge guy. And she had nowhere and to I, go. I didn't read. No. And I, I didn't really read Kevin as enjoying that that was happening. I think he was as lost as everybody else was of that conversation. Like, obviously he would not be privy to like the deck crews inside jokes either. Um, I think he was taken off guard and like, didn't understand what was going on. We're also talking about a van full of drunk as fuck people. Yeah. Um, but again, that's the problem. Like, I think he gets very aggro drunk and I would be, I would be really freaked out by that personally. Yeah. I mean, I think I can see what's going to happen. I don't blame Kate for walking off that boat because I honestly think that being trapped in a car and backed in that corner with Ashton leaning over you after he's just punched that glass out and then coming back at her in the kitchen in the boat afterwards, I would also like, I think there are times when you want to remove yourself from situations and I, and you know, the boat again is still a small confined space. So I absolutely, get why she's walked off we can tell what's going to happen Ashton's going to apologize he's going to own it he's going to say he's terribly sorry and it'll all be fine um but I don't think Kate will ever forget this and I said I don't think she'll forgive it I think she'll move on and I think she'll but but this will be something that she will never forget or forgive no, and I don't really think she should. No. Like, I, I, I seriously stick to my guns that Ashton needs to have a serious look at his relationship with alcohol and just who it turns him into be. Because I don't think you have to necessarily be an alcoholic to have a problem with alcohol. No, right, great. And that guy is just somebody that should not be out and about. Well, and um, also I forget, I, we forgot to mention this, but like literally 30 seconds before he starts wanting to go and punch her, he's like leaning over and just snogging her again without any kind of invitation or permission, permission yeah. or consent or anything. And all right, he's not like, we're not talking rape, but it's still a real violation of her space and her safety, and it's not okay. I think it's rapey behavior. It's rapey behavior. I think it's 100% rapey behavior. I, I don't, yeah, I agree with you. He didn't rape her, but at the same time, she was like, leave me alone. I don't want to kiss you. Like, but this is the problem. There were there's very this, clear boundaries yeah, being set. There's this low-level 
abuse of power and abuse and and set and and in this instance there's this low level sort of sexual not abuse i would say that what's the word sexual attacks low level ones that you can't go to you're not going to call up police and say we kissed me when i didn't want him to but that can really make you feel like absolute shit and it can make you feel vulnerable and if i had a big dirty drunk ashton leaning over me and slobbering all over me like absolutely and then punching a window not and trying to attack you yeah it's unforgivable behavior and i don't give a shit you can't blame the alcohol and say oh it's smashed in he i'm with you he needs no. to reassess his his uh, his relationship with alcohol and sort his fucking shit out well and maybe it doesn't warrant a call to the police but it definitely fucking warrants a sit down with captain lee because i think captain lee would be fucking horrified yeah i agree to know that that's what happened happened in the bus because i think he is he's a good dude who wants nothing but like the best from people and i think he would be horrified if he knew yeah what happened it'd be interesting because he he live tweets a lot during these shows i may go back and see what he live tweeted during that because um yeah, I think he just said I'm off Twitter. Like I can't even deal with this. Yeah, I, I he calls them out when that happens. Um, yeah, and then of course, uh, I mean, I am excited to see how this plays out, though, because you know it did end up on a yeah, very dramatic totally. cliffhanger. So we'll be back next week with all the tea. Yeah. Um, but then we've also got Sim and Tana and Tana yet again showing how um, really mature and sensitive he is as a. As a new age kind of thoughtful guy. You know, <laughs> I almost feel like he was gaslighting Simone in some way in this episode. Like, just keep saying like, you know, I don't, I don't think we have the same like definition of casual. And it's like, but you're not even having the conversation about what that means. Like, you just don't want to be with her. That's fine. Yeah. Fucking man up and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't mean to hurt your feelings. Like, you were trying to actually do that, but you weren't. Yeah. Like, you were telling her that it was, like, her fault and that, like, she didn't understand what a casual relationship was. Yeah. And so you had to end it. And that's not the case fucking at all. No, I agree. And I think ta- I think Sim handled it like a champ, really. Like, she didn't kick yeah. off. She didn't give him a reaction. She was just like fine you know what fuck you and by the way look how hot i look tonight um but absolutely and she looked amazing and i love that kate was like pointing that out too like you really fucked up dude look like she's the best looking girl out there now i love when kate says um boatmances don't end you have to ship out yeah didn't gotta be honest didn't love it so much when she said i wanted to hook up with you all season like this all well he said that to her oh i think she She said that to her i thought she said it to him no because he said it to her and she was like you're a 25 year old kid oh maybe i maybe i misheard it but either way she was really flirting with him either way yeah let us know who's right she totally was and he kissed her but i mean at the same time i mean that kate's not involved in that relationship like i'm not one that puts blame on other people for like no kissing married men or whatever, like whatever. I mean, that's not the situation here, but like I, I blame the people within the relationship for stepping out of the relationship. It's not whoever they stepped out with. Yeah. That's at fault for that. Yeah. Um, and she, she kissed him what in the car 
the you know the before yeah and it was Ashton fairly quick and fleeting and, beat her. and it was fairly quick and fleeting i think it is going to proceed pro- yeah. i think it is going to progress a little bit i think sim i don't think it's going to help sim and kate's relationship because that's not on a great no. footing as it is yeah. um i think sim's going to feel pretty betrayed whether or not w- people feel that she's justified in doing so um but I also just think it's yet another example of Tana being a dick. Like, don't dump yeah. one girl and then go and sleep with her boss. Like, dude, just no. fucking hell. Bad choices, Tan. There are, there, bad choices, Tan. I know that, yeah, bad choices, Tan. Don't get any of those, <laughs> don't get any of those chief stews pregnant. Um, but, but yeah, I just, oh, just, he's such a dick. Yeah, I, I think... Again, and maybe maybe I'm making excuses for his behavior. I feel like he's less dickish in a certain way. Like I just think he's stupid and young. Like, not, I mean, not young enough to really behave this way. I feel like this is kind of how teenagers act. But like, dude, just get your head out of your ass and fucking think a little bit. Yeah, a hundred. And maybe you just shouldn't have started anything with anybody on the boat in the fucking first place. If you just want to fuck around, hook up with the chicks that you're at these bars with. Like, I know, God, do that. You're in that Thailand. Seems like a much better way. You, there, there are enough right? places. <laughs> there are enough holes to put your dick in Thailand. Like, literally, you can't move for them. As long as they're not being blocked by a ping-pong bowl. Yeah, or a penis. Yeah, as long as those holes don't have ping-pongs in them, you're probably good. Yeah, I mean, some of them have <laughs> penises in them, too. Make sure it's definitely a girl. Or not. Like, whatever 100%. floats your boat. But, dude, there are a million places that you can get your rocks off that does isn't going to cause a load of shit with the women that you work with. No. I love the place where they go out, like Bangla Road and Patong Beach. And Kate's like, it's the only place in the world. You yeah. see the Starbucks next to a donkey show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was like, I'm, I'm trying to find it because I won't be able to because, you know, like when you write stuff down. But she was basically like, yes, you can right. see a ping pong show, get piercings, get tattooed and an STD all in one. Um, right. <laughs> maybe even all at the same place. <laughs> maybe even all in one interaction. Who knows? Um, right. But yeah, we'll see what happens with with Kate and Ashton. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really fucking fiery. And I'm here for that. Yeah, we're all here for that. Um, before we go, let's touch on Brian and Courtney's date. Um, so we did a poll, uh, Yawn versus Fun, and Yawn won 81%. 19% of you said it looked fun. And Kat and I were having a chat about this before uh, we were recording the podcast. Because my <laughs> point is like, if you don't want to go out, just tell him you don't want to go out. Because honestly, that's always going to work out better yeah. than you going out and, and being like Courtney. Because you and I both chatted about this because I think we're very similar in that. Like, There are nights that I just don't want to go out. And if we've got plans, usually once I get dressed and I get there... I still want to be at home. But once the kind of I have that first drink, then I'm like, okay, like we can, we're out. We're just going to make this happen and go home. But Courtney was having none of that shit. No, no. She was really committed to being a grumpy bitch. And, and I was a little bit of me. I was saying earlier that I could really appreciate that. Cause really, if somebody comes between me and a fucking nap, I'm raging. I'm fuming. Yeah. Um, but you're right. She should have got over it. She could have been a little bit more gracious about it. Um, but you know what? I still kind of admire her for being her. I think like having come onto this boat as being the most irritating, there's part of me that really respects kind of, she sticks to her, to what she believes in. Like her comment about, listen, there really should be at least two business days notice, you know, for any date. You know, I, 
<laughs> that appeals to my sense of organization and diary management. So I'm with her. It's kind of caught her off guard, but also she did not want to go. Anyway, it, it is what it is. I think she can do better yeah. than Brian. I, mean, I think I think Courtney probably herself would say it was probably badly. Yeah, I think it was probably badly played on her behalf, and I'm sure she would admit to that. My question is, why did she then go out that night? Yeah, well, I think the problem was... Because she could have just stayed on the boat. I think the date infringed on her, like, disco nap time for the night out. But she did actually say she didn't really want to go out either. But she did. Maybe they have to. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Maybe, like, they're contractually obliged. I don't think they do because Tanner stayed home when he was sick. Well, I think if they're sick, they no, get to stay Tanner home. stayed home when he was sick. Yeah, but I think if they're sick, they get to stay home. I don't home. know. I don't think it's in their contract that they have to go. Maybe not. I think she could have stayed home. Yeah, maybe she's just... But who knows? I mean, bravo. Correct us if we're wrong. Yeah. And- I mean, I'm not saying she's, like, a miserable cow for going. Like, you know, no. she's her own person. She, If she wanted to go then she should go. But I think my thing is, like, don't go and then complain about going. Like, that's not fun to watch. No. Like, either shit or get off the pot. Like, yeah. either stay home because you're tired and you want a nap. I get that. I'm that girl. It's totally fine. Or go out and, like, make the best of it. Yeah. Don't go out and be be fucking Leanne Locken at the ping pong show. Like, don't do that. Never be Leanne Locken. That's just a good rule for life in general. Never be Leanne. Be less Fact Leanne Locken. And truth. Um, okay, look, I think we're going to have to wrap this yeah. up. I'm very conscious that my marriage is hanging on by a thread. Um, I love you, Jimmy, if you're listening. So listen, next week, I'm not sure what our schedule looks like, but there'll certainly be more shows. We'll probably have the Dallas reunion which we'll do a Minnesota of, so we won't be doing that. I'm sure Reagan is way more organized and will be able to let us know. But in the meantime, um, we hope that you're having a really wonderful Christmas period. Enjoy your cocktails, your champagne, your cup of tea, whatever it is that gets you through the Christmas days. Um, And this time next week, we will see you once again. Absolutely. And we'll see you with the Real Housewives of Atlanta, Below Deck. Jersey. Just trying to see if the... I don't think Jersey... Um, and I think, and the reunion part one for Dallas, um, is next week, um, Wednesday, if you're in the U S and that's it. So it'll be three episodes short. There'll be three episodes next week. The week after is when we have a lot of new shows starting. So Vanderpump rules will be on and, um, very cavalry. So those will be added to next week. You guys have a great week and, uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.